it's hard to write about yourself, but it's also hard to write really strategically towards your target audience, towards your goals, right? Most people aren't thinking that deeply. Like, why am I on LinkedIn? What am I trying to truly accomplish? You know, what are my goals? Who is my target audience? What are the keywords that they're looking, you know, are they using to find someone like me? Yeah, you can do it yourself, right? You can. But do you have the time? Do you have the inclination? Do you have that nuance in terms of writing? Most people don't. And they're leaving this huge opportunity on the table. Hello and welcome to The Melting Pot. I'm your host, Dominic Monkhouse. The Melting Pot is a result of my hunger and curiosity for optimizing business performance, exploring corporate culture, customer addiction, and building high-performing teams. It's full of advice from my guests, entrepreneurs, fellow business authors, and examples from some of my work over the last few years, coaching the CEOs and leadership teams of some amazingly successful tech firms. The Melting Pot is my attempt to synthesize what I've learned along the way, to help you build a highly scalable business and realize the potential of your life's work. If you enjoy the episode, head over to monkhouseandcompany.com forward slash podcast to find today's show notes and more editions of The Melting Pot. While you're there, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you can pick up a copy of my new book, Plan B, How to Scale Your Technology Business Faster and Achieve Plan A. Enjoy. Hello. Today, I'm talking with and learning from Donna Sadula. Donna is a LinkedIn specialist, runs a firm of LinkedIn specialists called LinkedIn Makeover. And today we're talking not about how to go and get another job, but how to attract A players to your organization. There's some talk of economic downturn and certainly a number of tech employees have lost their jobs, particularly in tech startups. But for many clients and people I speak to, it still feels like a very tight job market. And what else could we do to attract and capture the attention of A players? So that's the angle we're taking today. What should you do as a company and what should you do as individual leaders and hiring managers to try and make it more likely that candidates, prospects, maybe even partners find you and connect with you on LinkedIn Donna's been writing about and running a business on LinkedIn since 2009, and she's now the proud author of LinkedIn Profile Optimization for Dummies. So another one of those four dummies books uh, gives you some idea of her level of expertise. She's got 20 writers working for her at the moment, helping people craft their company and individual profiles and personal brands. And so we dive in today to some of the detail around how people should be thinking about this. So you as an individual leader, CEO, what should you be doing? How often should you post? Actually, must let much less than I thought. I remember reading somewhere that said you should post seven times a day. Seems I'm completely wrong. And certainly, should you put hashtags on? If you do, which ones? Um, and should you share content that's already on the LinkedIn platform or try to get people to connect to content off the platform? So fantastic conversation with Donna. Lovely story at the end. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Donna Serdula. I wrote the book LinkedIn Profile Optimization for Dummies. And I'm also the founder and president of Vision Board Media, our website's linkedin-makeover.com. 
And uh, what do you do at LinkedInMakeover.com? We help people tell their story on LinkedIn, but also beyond LinkedIn. So it's, it's really hard for people to write about themselves. It's just, it's hard. And when you look at that LinkedIn profile, you know, this is what people are checking. Out, like they're checking you out. They want to know who you are. And most people just simply copy and paste their resume in there. And that's, that's not, it, it doesn't tell the right story for most people. And so that's what we do. We help people tell that story on LinkedIn. I suppose if you're looking for a job, that might be at least a start. It's a start. At least list, list, list the places you might have worked, the places you've worked. It, do, it does. But, you know, at the same time, if you just list your resume on your profile and then a person's like, well, this is interesting. Let me request the resume. And it's identical. <laughs> it's a little bit of a disappointment. So even then, it's just it's you, you want to think of it as two totally separate documents. Often if I'm working with, with clients, you know, I'll say to them, what do you see as your biggest challenge? And often they'll say, attracting A players, great talent. And I say, okay, well, talk me through what you think happens. And they say, maybe they see a job ad or a recruiter rings somebody. And I say, what happens next? And they go, well, they probably look at our website. Okay, do you have a careers page? Often they don't have anything. Hmm, right. Yeah. And, and so, okay, where else will they look? Mm, so, okay. So if you were going for an interview with somebody, if I'm interviewing with you, where would you go? And they're like, oh yeah, you'd probably look at my profile on LinkedIn and go, okay, let's go and have a look at that. And they haven't touched it for five years. And you just think it just looks really sad. There's nothing sadder than social media that is just old and out of date and nobody cares, particularly if you're trying to give a different perception to the world. So what should people do? You know what? Say no to the obituary, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. I think, you know, it's hard to write about yourself and pretty much any odious task in the world is more attractive <laughs> than sitting down and writing your LinkedIn profile, writing your company page, you know, and putting that information out there. No one wants to do it. But you're right. People are looking candidates are looking, vendors are looking, potential partners are looking, investors are looking, people are looking. And you have this, this ability to control how others perceive you by being very strategic and choosing your story. What is the story that you want to tell? How do you want people to relate to you? What do you want to state that's going to get them to think in a certain manner, to, to take away you know, understand your strengths, your abilities, your skill sets, your value. And, you know, when you, when you just do either nothing or you leave that old out of date, you know, profile up, you're missing a tremendous opportunity. Maybe we take these one by one. So we're thinking about how we show up to prospective candidates. So corporate branding, not corporate branding. What do you think is the best way for people to approach this? There's two places to consider with LinkedIn. There is the company page, the LinkedIn page for your company. And that's the area where it's your company, it's your logo, it's the, the banner, it's that description. And it's where you really need to say, okay, you know, why are people checking me out? Why are they checking the company out on LinkedIn? 
You know, are they doing this because they're, they're, you know, there are they job candidates? So maybe we need to have more of our culture infused in this description versus, you know, exactly what we're selling and why a person should buy from us. You know, maybe the target audience is a little different. We need to align it very specifically to why we think people are, are visiting our company page on LinkedIn. And they may well be replying to a LinkedIn job ad. Lots of clients of ours at the moment are seeing good success running ads on, on LinkedIn. You know, and what I think is so powerful about the company page, and very few people ever really talk about it, but when you go to that LinkedIn company page, it's not just that description. You can click on the people tab and you can see everyone who works there. And you see their profiles. You can you can actually go in and, and run searches and say, hey, show me this department or this group. And LinkedIn filters it by employee. So that that potential job seeker, you know, that person, that candidate can go in there and say, who am I going to be working alongside? Who, what does this team look like? Are they going to challenge me? Are they going to motivate me? Or do they all look like they're looking to get out of the company? <laughs> yeah. What additional things should people be putting in there? You talked about culture. What's, what's the best way to showcase culture, do you think? There's about 2,000 characters in the company description. So we're not talking like, there's not a book here. <laughs> you have to be very, very succinct. You really want to think, you know, what's, what's going to excite this audience? And, and I think definitely, you know, the mission, you know, a vision, talking about the culture, maybe even going into what kind of people are you attracting? You know, what, what would be a great fit for the organization? I don't think you need to get into too much granular information because there's always, you know, you can always send people to the website, you know, hopefully to the careers page where they can learn more. But, you know, really think in terms of, you know, what aren't they going to get easily off the website? You know, they're coming here. What can we give them? What kind of story can we tell them? But then also recognize that they are clicking around. You know, they're clicking around. They're looking at the, they're looking at the people. And, you know, that's where we take the step and say, all right, now the company has the presence. How about the supporting aspect, which is, you know, your number one asset, the people, how are they coming across on LinkedIn? And what, uh, what's best and worst that you see? You know, when I look at a company and, I'm lo- and I click on the people tab and I don't like it when it's totally cookie cutter where it's the same blurb pasted <laughs> across every profile and every profile has the one background image. That's at least better than when there's no background images, you know, everything's just, you know, an old bio or, you know, what we were just talking about. So I, I like it when you click and the background images that show up are, they're company branded, but they're chosen by the employee to showcase their own, you know, likes and, and, and tone and, you know, what, what they, how they, you know, how they want to present themselves. So there's clearly a choice being made. I like it when I read through the employees profiles and it, it, I can get the sense of the company. It's like a cohesive unified look, but each individual has this uniqueness and a story that's their, that's their own. That's what I love. That's what I really love. Maybe even people saying why they like working there. Is that, yeah? 
Absolutely. You know, and, and it could go into, you know, these are their hobbies. These are things that they love to do. This is why they love working there. You know, what do they get out of it? How, you know, they love to be motivated. They love that they're empowered. It's even great when you look at that profile. And in addition to the profile, there's activity. And these people are, the employees are posting and they're talking about the things that are happening in their, in their life and their business and, you know, in their careers. And you're seeing the events and you're seeing courses that they're taking. You're seeing that, you know, fun things are happening and they're taking pictures of, you know, their colleagues and they're posting it. And it really feels like a vibrant, fun place to work. Well, uh, one of our clients is a company called Macquarie Telecom Group down in uh, Sydney, Australia. And they're a large chunk of their business is telco and their hashtag is so not telco. And they do that all the time. Every time they have an event, they publish that and the employees all pile in. And it's just, you can see that people are having a good time and that they enjoy poking their more staid competitors in the eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and there's like this sense of humor and that's going to attract like right? Because well, how horrible would it be if they're pretending to be this very traditional, very conservative place? That's who they'd be attracting and that's not what they want. You know, so really showcase, you know, the, the culture, showcase the personality, showcase, you know, the fun that you're having. You're going to attract people who are attracted to that and resonate to that. Do you have some metrics that you look at? I mean, when you look at a company page and you're, and you're thinking, oh God, did I say I could help these people? What uh, what sort of activity are you looking at and thinking about, or are you thinking they should have activity levels which are higher? And what's your do you have a benchmark? Or you know, I, I will say this with a company page, I really don't have any expectations that out of the gate they're creating content, or if they're creating content that they're having a lot of engagement. Most company pages don't. They just don't. Uh-huh. And when you look at LinkedIn, a lot of people, they get excited. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on LinkedIn and I'm going to start posting. And they post almost like they would post on Twitter or maybe Facebook. And they don't understand the algorithm. And they hear, they hear crickets. <laughs> like nothing mm-hmm. happens. They're not getting the engagement. And, and they feel really bad. It's like, oh, my God, I... I I put all this effort in and this is my career and this is what, this is like, I'm getting nothing. And, and it's very easy for a person to get totally intimidated, totally upset, and they just stop, which is really the worst thing. You know, first off with LinkedIn, they have that algorithm and the algorithm is very picky. It's looking for very specific things. And if you can craft content that gets people doing the things that the algorithm is looking for, your post will be successful. You're going to get likes. You're going to get engagement. You're going to get those like comments. And you're going to start to see traction. But unfortunately, people aren't waiting long enough. They're not figuring it out. And they're getting off before anything really happens. Before we dive into that algorithm, there's a company pages. So I guess there's an option for me to go and try and follow people as the company. And as an individual, you can turn that off so you don't see them. Because it's just like, I'm quite happy to follow individuals or connect to individuals, but I can't see the point in following companies. Is that what, what's your, do you advise clients to, that they should do it, shouldn't do it? Oh, I th- no, I think it's absolutely a, a smart thing 
to, to follow companies, uh, especially, you know, as a job seeker, I think it's a good thing. I think for companies to follow their competitors is a great idea because you want to see what they're doing. You want to get an idea of what's coming, you know, what's coming out of there. It really depends because with companies, who's heading up that account? You know, oftentimes it's not the CEO. <laughs> Usually it's, it's either someone in marketing or it's someone in HR. So, you know, you have to weigh that. You know, who's who's at the helm of that company page? So say it's a an administrative person who is managing a LinkedIn account. Would you have them do the company page and the CEO's page or CEO's account or or is one better than another? If we're trying to if trying to build some engagement? To build so to build engagement just just in general for to attract careers or... I, I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking more about you know candidates you know if I'm a candidate I have quite low expectations of a company page but I might want to see what's the CEO been doing what's he sharing you know or she has what she sharing. I would highly recommend the CEO but I would also look at the different hiring managers and I would look at like what what groups are you really having a hard time attracting candidates and look at that team what does the team look like? What do those profiles <laughs> look like? And maybe it is helping them to showcase their best. So I wouldn't just say, oh, it's just the CEO or it's just the head of HR or it's just the recruiters. But, you know, on a whole, you've, as a company, you've got to look straight across and say, you know, who's interfacing? Who's being, who is getting looked at? And a lot of times, you know, with these empowered professionals now, they're not just looking at the CEO. They're saying, who on this, who, where am I going to work? Who am I working for? You know, directly, who is my, you know, direct manager? Who are my colleagues? You know, I, people don't want to work in a toxic environment. They don't want to work in an environment where these people look very low level. Like they're not going to be challenging to them. Right? Yeah. What's the diversity on this? Yes. Team? It's going to be obvious. Very, very obvious. And if it's not quite as it appears, then how do you tell a story? It's truly eye-opening now, right? I mean, at one time, you couldn't see who you were going to work with or who you were replacing. That's the other thing, Dom. You can actually go into LinkedIn and you could say, show me all the past employees. And you could see exactly whose role you're filling. You could give that person a call and say, hey, give me the lowdown. Why did you leave? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Although there's probably not much you can do as a as a CEO to stop that happening. No, not much. I mean, just treat your people good, right? Yeah, totally. Give them totally. a reason to say really great things. I remember talking to a CEO who said, I've banned all of my employees from being on LinkedIn because if they're on LinkedIn, they'll get hired and I'm working really hard to make sure that I don't have a staff turnover problem. And it's a bit like they're not spending money on training. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. That, I, it's like the old Zig Ziglar quote, right? You know, the only thing worse than training your employees and losing them is not training them and keeping them. <laughs> yeah, totally. It just, I, I, I mean, it's in certainly with the working from home pandemic and then, you know, uh, getting people back to work. It's, it's obvious that the commute is a, uh, culture tax and if you can't get your employees to come back to the office they are refusing to pay the culture tax the organization's just 
not attractive to them. It's a job. And if I can do my job at home, then why am I going to commute to the office to do my job? So, you know, same sort of thing. And LinkedIn now has on the company page, they have what type of a workplace do you have? Is it is it hybrid? Is it remote? Is it in office? You know, and, and there's a lot more places now where you can mark that. So it's very clear to those who are applying what they're what they're in for. So you mentioned the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Is the algorithm on the company page the same as it is on individual pages or is it? I, th- I think it's a little harder on the company page, right. even harder than it is for the individual. And truthfully, why is that? LinkedIn wants, they want you to sponsor those posts that say they want to make it, you know, something where if, if a company wants that post to go out and get viral, like, you know, pony up, sponsor it. And then, you know, then, then, then it'll see the light of day. If we're running job ads on LinkedIn, is there a, is it worth sponsoring content to go with that or? I think it makes sense to do it if, you know, like don't just sponsor content to sponsor content, but make sure that there's a real, there's a conversion, something happens. Otherwise you're just, you know, paying money for nothing. Okay. And so back to, I guess, the individual pages of CEO, leadership team, hiring managers, what should they not put on? So, you know, this isn't about them getting hired. This is about them attracting partners and candidates and and maybe even customers. Are there bits of their profile that to save themselves the trouble of the angst of not filling it in well, are there bits of it that they should not fill in? Or do you get penalized for not filling it? Well, you know, if you think about it, LinkedIn is a search engine, right? It's a database of professionals for professionals. And LinkedIn wants that those search results, just like Google, right? Google wants really great search results. If, if Google's not giving great search results, people will go to a different search engine. And LinkedIn is the same way. There are recruiters, there are hiring managers, there are and it's just, just people searching LinkedIn. And LinkedIn wants to make sure that those search results are, are accurate, right? And they're fresh, they're not stale, and they're complete. And so if you think about it that way, the more of your profile you fill out and the fresher it is, right? So it's been updated within the last couple of weeks, your profile will pop up. And when it, when it pops up, that's when you collide with opportunity typically. Okay. So fill it, all, fill it all in. I would fill in. Now, with that said, you fill in what makes sense, right? So, you know, if you haven't taken any courses, if you have no patents, if you have no publications, <laughs> if you have no honors and awards, everyone has an honor and award, but you get the idea. When you go through the sections, there are certain sections where you don't have information, you leave a blank. But at the very least, when you're looking at your profile, there's the background graphic. You know, don't leave it blank. Don't have it look kind of gray and stripey. That's the default. You know, upload a great looking profile picture. You find a... (laughs) (laughs) Not... Not the not the team shot. Not the not, yeah. the, not you and not your wedding photograph with a sliver of your bride. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, all of that. Uh, some of those pictures are <laughs> cringy, terrible, terrible. <laughs> the headline is another area, which is a great area because it should act as a headline. And it follows you all over LinkedIn. So all of your activity on LinkedIn, it's like stamped with your picture your name, and that headline. So you want to have a really great headline that would make a person want to click to learn more about you. 
when you infuse it with keywords, you're more apt to turn up in those searches that contain those keywords. And, and don't think of this as strictly uh, job related, right? It could be for someone who's in sales. You know, they want to be found for their services or their the solutions that their company provides. So, you know, think of it in those terms. Uh, so search outside of LinkedIn. Like somebody's doing a, somebody's doing a Google search and finding you. It, it could be that way, but it could also be people are searching within LinkedIn, right? Because a lot of times, like why go to Google and put in a person's name when you know the only search result that's going to come up is, you know, potentially their LinkedIn profile anyway. Or maybe you're, you're looking for a type of person or maybe you're looking for a company or a solution provider. If you go into Google, you're going to get so much. Whereas when you go into LinkedIn, not only are you going to get just companies and people, but you can actually really filter it down to your market, your, your, that industry. You can filter it to location. It's almost easier to get to the right results on LinkedIn than it is when you're broadly searching on Google. Okay. And the algorithm then. So you said don't treat it like Twitter. So don't don't tweet every 90 seconds. Don't post every 90 seconds. Post. Yeah. Actually, post once every 24 hours. Or at least, you know, at most once every 24 hours. With LinkedIn, those posts live a lot longer than any other network out there. So you could post once a week. You could post once every two weeks. And that post could live for a number of days, you know, popping up on different people's LinkedIn feed. You know, if you're a company and you really want to have, you know, a presence, you know, certainly post, post once a day. But for most CEOs, for most professionals, they've got a job, right? They've got family. They don't want to be sitting there on LinkedIn, like hammering out content all the time. You don't have to. You really don't have to. And what about linking to things on LinkedIn versus linking to things off? What you're referring to is with LinkedIn, they want that they want that LinkedIn feed to be sticky, right? They want people to come to the LinkedIn feed and they want them scrolling. They don't want them clicking on external links, leaving <laughs> the LinkedIn feed. It would not be sticky, right? That's it, it moves them away from LinkedIn. And so in that situation, you're right. LinkedIn doesn't really boost those posts that have external links. And that's why you'll find oftentimes a person will say, oh, link in first comment. <laughs> They're trying to, you know, get past that algorithm. And does that work? It does, but they also ding you if you're the first person to comment on your own post. So it's almost like six of one, half a dozen of the other. So what I would say is this, when you're posting on LinkedIn, post enough content so the see more link appears. And if you can get a person to click the see more link, that's good with LinkedIn because that shows that, oh, there's some quality here, right? That's, that's, that's a form of an engagement. And then if you can get them to go down even further, not only click on the link, but you can get them to react or comment, those three things will actually undo any bad than having that external link. LinkedIn factors in a dwell time. So the longer a person dwells on the post, that conveys quality and relevance to LinkedIn. So that's why I'm saying a little bit longer, click makes that see more appear, um, but it also gives a person a reason to stay on that post. And those posts tend to do well. And then people have got to react in the first 60 minutes, 90 minutes. 
Yeah. You know, at one time it was, there was like a golden hour. It was like 60 minutes and man, that countdown <laughs> started. And if, if it wasn't getting enough engagement, it was, it, you know, that post died a very quick death. It's more of a two hour window now. They've extended a, a little bit. And the way the LinkedIn algorithm works is it sends, it sends almost like a focus group. It sends that post out to a small group and it watches, like, how does this small group react? And that's where that two-hour window pretty much comes into play. In your post, you want to ask for engagement, you know? So you want to say, hey, let me know what you think. You know, I'll meet you in the comments. You know, ask a question. Be very clear, like, I want to hear from people. I want this to be an engaging type of post. And as people post and engage, you know, comment and like and whatnot, you know, that's when we start to see these posts living longer, but also hitting more more LinkedIn feeds. Okay. What else do people get wrong? What a lot of people get wrong, at least in terms of the activity on LinkedIn, is they get on and they start to post, but they do not engage. So it's almost like they've got this bullhorn and they're trying, you know, they're posting, they're posting, they're, but they're not saying to themselves, wait, you know, let's, let me start to go through my own feed and let me see what people in my industry, what are my colleagues, what are my employers, what are my employees, like what are, what are these other people doing? And let me hop into those posts and let me comment. And let me not just comment, great job, but let me comment something that really shows that I, you know, I, I, I got something out of their post. That could be a real pivot for most people. So when I said you don't need to post every day on LinkedIn, maybe post once a week, maybe post three times a week. But the days that you're not posting, scroll through that news feed, that LinkedIn feed, and interact and engage. That's really where the networking comes into play. Okay. And what about things like hashtags? Bothered, not bothered? You should have three hashtags at a post. Three to five. No more, no less. Just like, three to five. It, like in that, yeah. that's the sweet spot. Three to five. Um, LinkedIn itself has gone on record to say three. Other people have tested it and have found that five doesn't really hurt <laughs> too badly. What I have found is the more broad the hashtag, the more followers it tends to have. So if you were to look at hashtag marketing tips, it's like 5,000 followers. But if you just look at marketing, it's like 5 million followers. So those, those long tail hashtags that are so cute on Twitter don't really work within. And so marketing would be a better Marketing would be a better, that. yeah. So the, that's pretty broad then. It is. Fairly broad. Very yeah. broad. Very broad. So really, you should have a mixture of, you know, some broad and then maybe one niche that's really, really specific to the content. And what about using tools that allow you to post from outside the platform as opposed to doing it real time myself? LinkedIn prefers you to do it real time. It's been shown, it's been, you know, tested that if you post on like, you know, using something like Hootsuite or you post real time using just with going to LinkedIn and posting it yourself, the posts that generated from LinkedIn are boosted. Like they do a little bit better. With that said, it's hard, right? It's hard to do that. And so if you can, you know, if it's easier for you to plan your posts and pre-write these posts and schedule them out, yeah, you might get dinged, but at least you're posting. 
And posting is better than not posting at all. Well, and I was thinking if marketing are doing it, they could do multiple executives or leaders at the same time. Yeah, they could. They could. You know, so that we know that then they're all posting, at least some of the time. And I think for a, almost to have like that filler, right? That's not a bad way to go, but it would also be nice if those executives posted authentically (laughs) in their own voice, you know, showing that it really is them. There's, I think there's a lot of power to that. Not easy, (laughs) not easy to do, but. In terms of the clients that you've worked for, what are some of those just everything lined up and, and you just got an amazing result for people? Stories from the trenches. You know, it is those situations where when you can really help a person understand their value, to understand their story, and they put it out there in, you know, that authentic way, good things happen. Good things happen. You know, I I don't want to talk about, you know, when they change jobs, but that's always a nice thing when that happens, if that's their, if that's their desire, right? Um, You know, because... In that regard, you know, it's it, it can be life-changing for them and for their family and the, the new salary and a healthy, you know, workplace. That's always a wonderful thing. Um, you know, we have a lot of clients who come to us because they do. They want to look more cohesive as a company. They want to have that, that unified look. And when they do that, it does. It attracts better quality candidates, but it also attracts better prospects. So... Those are all things that can happen. It's just, you know, taking those steps and looking at it as the whole rather than just a company page or just this one person's profile. But like, let's look at the company. Let's do an audit. Like, let's really see where's the leadership. You know, how does this company, you know, unfurl on LinkedIn? Do you have a checklist anywhere? Just, I was just thinking, I was just thinking, well, we should pick our top five competitors and go and have a look. Because then we've got to at least be, not bottom. Every year, his strategic imperative is we're a bit shit, but everyone in our industry is shit. We've just got to be a bit less shit than everybody else. I mean, it was the least. It was the least motivational talk ever. Um, you know, it's like, oh god, this is inspirational. But um, you do have to look at your competitors, and you've got to go, okay, well, who's? How do we show up relative to our competitors? Because that's what's important. We're probably attracting from the same talent pool. We're probably looking for similar partners. We're probably looking for similar prospects. So do you have a, any, is there a checklist anywhere or? Yeah, you know what? This is, that's a wonderful idea. <laughs> you know what? Actually. It sounds like a, it sounds like a post. I think I've got a post now. Well, actually the, the, we are working on a, a company audit course that, you can go take it and it will walk you through like what to be looking at, what to be looking for, how to measure. And then, you know, what would the next steps be? Okay. Okay. But that's a good thing to do. And there's a course coming. So that's great. Follow you and you'll get notified. I'm sure. Fabulous. Um, Donna, what is it you know now that you wish you'd known earlier? You know, I wish in some ways, I wish I knew that life was going to get better. (laughs) that things would be better. When you start a business, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And, you know, what I've found is little incremental steps. You know, you may not always feel like you're making progress, but if you keep just inching forward, 
And these are major strides, <laughs> you know, as the days of your life start to add up. And, and suddenly before you know it, you, you know, you're like, wow, look how far I've come. And it's, you know, it's, it's not as hard as it used to be. But sometimes when you're in the muck of it, it really feels like, oh, I'm never going to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. Come and see the wood for the trees. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Brilliant. And what about a book recommendation? I mean, obviously people can get a hold of LinkedIn profile optimization for dummies. Yeah. Hopefully they will. <laughs> <laughs> Second edition, uh, what, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Do you write that or do they come and do the dummies, do the dummies guide people come and find you and go, you're an expert, help us. So dumb. This is, this is funny. So when I first started my business in 2009, people like people were not like LinkedIn was not a household name at that point. <laughs> Very few people had heard of it. And, but I really had this belief, like this is a game changer. Like this is a game changer. People need to be on it. And I need, I'm going to be the one that's going to help them understand that it's not an online resume. So I had this passion. I had this mission and, you know, and I put myself out there and my father had said to me, you know, you're not an expert unless you write a book. So you need to write a book on this. And I said, well, you know, I, I can do that. I can do that. And he's like, why don't you do this? Call the four dummies people and see if, you know, they'll publish it. And I'm like, dad, the f like, you don't do that. Like these four dummies people are like, they're, they're experts. They're, they're at the top of their game. Like they're the, the Wiley, the Wiley's the publisher. They're just going to laugh at me. They're going to laugh. I know. And he, he said, you, you really should. So what ended up happening is I totally did not believe in myself and I self-published. But in the back of my head was always that Four Dummies book. My father got a copy of my self-published book two weeks before he died and he got to see that I had dedicated the book to him, which I'm very proud of that, you know, he went off to the, you know, hereafter knowing that I did exactly what he said, but I did not call the Four Dummies people. So long story short, it was probably about five years ago I'm just going about my day and I get a phone call and it's the four dummies people. And the acquisitions editor was on Twitter. She, she saw one of my tweets. She followed it through, visited the website, saw that I had made, you know, a career in a company. I, you know, over 20 writers working for me. And she was like, I can't believe that this is out there. We just didn't even realize that we need you to write a four dummies book on the topic. I, I was like, <laughs> Like jumping up and down. I was like, hmm, let me, let, let's, let's talk. <laughs> so, so I will say this, if, if, if I could say one thing, you know, to my father who is, who is now, you know, over 10 years past, it would be, I wrote a Four Dummies book, dad. I finally did it. <laughs> and then I'd say, I also got married and had two kids. So... <laughs> Well, it's uh, that's a fab story. That's a fab story. Dad, that's just ridiculous. No, that's not how it happens. Oh, God, it is how it happens. <laughs> yeah, but, but they called me. I wonder, like, I do wonder, you know, I should have, you know, another story here is, you know, I wish I did dream a little bigger, you know, back then. You know, before my father had passed, he had said to me, and we, we didn't know he was dying. He didn't even know he was dying. But he said to me, it was rather in passing, he was like, you know, Donna, my, the biggest regret that I've had in my life is that I didn't dream big enough. And that's always stayed with me. Like, what does it mean to dream big enough? Like, I thought he was a very successful man. He'd, he'd done a lot. And yet he died believing that he didn't dream big enough. 
And now I look and I look at the four dummies and they came to me, but what if I had gone to them? Yeah. So, uh, second edition, those 20 writers, what are they writing? Are they writing profiles? Yeah. They're not writing posts for people. No. Well, writing- we, we do that as well, but it's, it's LinkedIn profiles. There's a tremendous need. Because, you know, if you think about it, you know, it's, it's hard to write about yourself, but it's also hard to write really strategically towards your target audience, towards your goals, right? Most people aren't thinking that deeply. Like, why am I on LinkedIn? What am I trying to truly accomplish? You know, what are my goals? Who is my target audience? What are the keywords that they're looking, you know, are they using to find someone like me? You know, so like, yeah, you can do it yourself, right? You can. But do you have the time? Do you have the inclination? Do you have that nuance? In terms of writing, most people don't. And they're leaving this huge opportunity on the table. Yeah. What other books do you recommend people read? Well, my friend Larry Kaufman (laughs) wrote a book called The NCG Factor. And it says, A Formula for Building Life-Changing Relationships from College to Retirement. And this man is one heck of a networker. He is so impressive in... Just the way he's able to really nurture this network and use it, but he uses it not necessarily to help himself. He's he's always helping other people. That's the way, you know, when you're when you're friends with Larry, it's always, you know, he's sending referrals, he's, you know, giving you tips, he's out there helping. And he wrote this book that really talks about how to do that, how to be that, you know, almost that old-fashioned term rainmaker. Uh-huh. Sorry, what's it called again? It's called the NCG Factor. What does NCG stand for? It stands for networking. It stands for uh, connecting. And it stands for giving. Very good. We'll share that in the show notes. Thank you very much. Donna, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. If you'd be kind enough to leave a review, it will really help other like-minded entrepreneurs find this podcast and grow our community. For all information relating to this episode, you can go to monkhouseandcompany.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find some cracking show notes, additional reading and links relating to our guest. There you can also find my blog and past episodes of my subjectively not crap newsletter, where I'll update you on the best articles I read that week, some recommended books and other podcasts. Thanks, and I will see you next week.